Blaine and Mickey, 104.5. What's up? Uh, good Lord. Here's the deal. Uh, weather's going to stink the rest of the week. Go outside today and like throw a Frisbee with your dog or something. It's, it's going to not be good. So here's my weather advice. Go do something today. This is amazing. Oh, it's like we're, I felt so, like I was walking out supposed to rain, the wrong though, house it, right? today. Yeah. Like then, later in the week. Maybe some sneaky, icy stuff. No. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's out there. There's a possibility. Oh, Arkansas man. is supposed to just get crushed. So I was supposed to go see some friends this weekend, and they're like, hey, man, I wouldn't make any plans about coming over here. It got so bad that the weatherman there, who's oddly enough from here, a guy named Ryan Vaughn, he is from Nashville. He's the weatherman in Jonesboro, Arkansas. <laughs> He was trying to explain sleet and freezing rain so much, and people kept asking him so many questions on Twitter. So he tweeted out a picture of two donuts. I saw this. I retweeted oh, that. was it. him? <laughs> a glazed donut is freezing rain. Yeah. Where it, it comes down, and then it turns into ice. It comes down as rain, so like glazed, and then it I wanted to eat. I wanted to bite that, that donut, though. Oh, no, that was a great graphic. Oh, and I then sprinkles, that that's sleet. Have you not ever seen weather better explained than that? It was well done. Everybody got it. And right? it made me want donuts. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he donuts. Hey, can, right you, now. can you order some while we, while we wait? Should we order some donuts? Yeah, we should. Just glaze, though. Just can glaze. we just order donuts and get them grub-hubbed or however they get to your door? Mm-hmm. At least it wouldn't be cold. I mean, door they would dash. just be what they were when they left and when they <laughs> got here. Pay like 30 well, bucks well, for well, we about 30 bucks for We do have a microwave. Donuts. We can warm them up. You know, I'm not a microwave donuts guy. Oh, if it's I been sitting too long, I got, I'm, I'm still putting it down. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I just eat it like it sits. Yeah, and like it. cheese dip, Poncho's cheese dip. If you're I not from like West Tennessee or Arkansas, it's hard to explain it to people. There was a restaurant chain called mm-hmm. Poncho's. I know and what they're talking about. And they made cheese dip, and it was like the old school yellow cheese dip. Mm-hmm. I just eat it straight out of the refrigerator. The connoisseurs of Poncho's cheese dip only eat it straight out of the fridge. You never warm that stuff up. Do you guys heat up cheese dip? Even if my mom made it, I would just eat it straight out of the refrigerator. Yes, I do. I warm it up. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So we're about to come up with a segment called H-Town Mickey and what he eats. <laughs> Let me as ask far you, as, yeah, you, and, don't, and yes, you don't warm up donuts. You don't warm up cheese dip. And yes, what we know Tom Brady retired. We'll get to that. But we're, this is some real stuff here. Let me ask you yeah, guys this. Food. Let me ask you guys this. You pull up at, say, your grandmother's house. Okay. Your aunt, Billy Sue, matter. whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, and it's 7.15. Hey, I made dinner early, 5 o'clock, but it's all in the kitchen. Let me ask you, do you just eat it like it sits, wherever it sits, or do you warm yourself up a plate? I warm it up. I definitely warm it up. I eat it just <laughs> like it sits. If it's still out, I'm going to eat it just like well, it sits. Well, I mean, if it's it, in the refrigerator, what? I'll eat it just like it sits. Why? Because that's I don't want to mess with the chemical composition by reheating it. Oh, that's your reasoning. Yeah, I don't want to change it. You don't want to change it, even no, if it's cold. I mean, it's for fine. some things, I get like cold pizza. Like Everybody eats cold right, pizza. Right, that's what I was thinking about college. I'm like, okay, yeah. I can just go grab that. Okay, I'll that. probably heat up the pizza. Oh, <laughs> Stop it. I probably would. That is the yeah. one thing that would ruin the composition of the pizza because then if, it gets all floppy. If I come home and right. Eat, but if exactly. You, here's the thing, though. If you stick it in the refrigerator, if you read the box, it's like reheating instructions. Yeah. If you reheat it, you can bring the pizza back to life. Like, it's alive. Yeah, it, it's yeah. bring it way, back to life. Like but I'm not doing that with, like, mashed potatoes and green beans and a piece of meatloaf. I'm oh, just going to eat it however it sits. got to reheat mashed potatoes. <laughs> no you way. You have to. Macaroni no. and cheese, all Any that. Any potato Matter heated, fact, you kill it, reheated. I'm putting my pizza, if I don't put it in a microwave, if I really want to feel like, oh, I got it freshly, you know, in the box, 
I'll cook it on the stove in a pan. Oh, see, I would do that with mm-hmm. pizza. But yeah, that's else. what I'm telling pizza. Not this other if stuff. If you want to make it feel like, oh, this is just like I just got it. Yeah. The only way it. that I would heat it up is if it was like a, a roast where it had like the congealed fat around it and you have to melt the fat back into gravy. Oh, my. I would do that just for the mental aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's I it. Get that. Only to, only right, to melt that. congealed fat. fat. That's jello. it. Yeah. That's it. Only to melt congealed fat. All right. So, so, so what do you want to put out there? We have to put this out there. Whatever food that you eat cold that you just went through, we're going to put that ask people just to call in and tell us if they heat it up or they just eat it as is. I don't even know. There's so many. No, just just ask people what you just, the best food to eat cold. Best food to eat cold. No, but Mickey eats them all. Except so pizza. I, I would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> it's so twisted. It should be right, completely the other way around. I will eat it cold, but it's just it's just fine with me to reheat it. It's oh. just okay. <laughs> Something about that is fine. It will reignite the molecules of the pizza. Reignite the Almost molecules. identical he's, to what they're He's already in. convinced himself that it re- But like meatloaf, it, once it's done, it's done. All right. Literally, the oh. meatloaf is done. Okay. Oh, yeah. right. We're going to use, we're, we're use meatloaf. If... Call in if you, <laughs> if you reheat your meatloaf in the microwave or you just eat it cold when you come in and it's just already ready and done and ready to go down, chow down on it and everything else. We're, we're literally distilling this down to meatloaf? Yeah, well, meatloaf! That's, 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 we yeah. want it. Yeah, now. meatloaf, whatever you want. Meatloaf, right. chicken. It doesn't matter. Well, I can eat some cold chicken. All right, maybe we need to ask the goat of cold foods to eat. Maybe that would be it because we do have the question out. By the way, Tom Brady retired, and we had this question out. That's that's secondary. Who is is the goat (laughs) of all goats? And Randall from Franklin has been hanging on the line on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, so we will pivot from meatloaf to this sports topic. Hello, Randall, and thank you for your patience. Hey, guys, how are you? I do want to touch on the meatloaf. (laughs) Reheat it, right? And as a matter of fact, Mickey, I would not want to eat with you. <laughs> right? I'm like, what is he I doing? I do too. I don't even eat it cold, Randall. I'm a good eating partner. I don't have any oh, demands. Come on. <laughs> you've taken science. You, you've brought science in it. There's no. There's not necessary to do that. You just put it in a microwave and heat it. <laughs> Randy, you're starting Let's to sound like my mom that. now. <laughs> Let's get back to the topic I called. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank, you. I'm more, Thank you. I'm clo- I'm closer to Coach Mack's age, so I want to bring up a guy. I've only been listening for about 40 minutes, but there's only one human being on this earth that has won more rings than he has fingers to wear them on. That's you the know great, who that is? The great Bill Russell. Why is his name not being brought up? Today? That's what I said the last hour. Yeah, he he not only won him as a player, he won him as, as a, a coach. coach. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's the greatest athlete that's ever walked the planet Earth. Well, there you go. Randall just, I'm going to let Randall drop his own mic there uh, about Bill Russell. Now there's a bunch of people who've called about cold food. You want to grab a couple of these? Yes, of course. All right, Johnny in we, the we Borough. we got to ask Coach Mack when he comes on. We'll ask Coach Mack. Johnny in the Borough, what have you got? So the best cold food is fried chicken. And, Mickey, you need to take in, the next time you have a hamburger, like a Milo, cut it up and fry it like a hamburger. Oh, so you're saying like re re reconstitute it, re uh, re reposition it as another food? Basically, yeah, like a fried meatloaf sandwich. It's the best thing in the world. Okay, all right, there John. you go, right. fried meatloaf mm-hmm. sandwich. Let's uh, let's get Nate in the burrow. Nate, what's going on? What say you about cold food? Hands down, it's got to be cold pizza. I mean, it's good yes. hot, but you know, I just throw right. I just pull right. I'm out with of you. A box from Domino's and eat it up. You know. 
but you can't eat anything else cold meatloaf. It's like might as well open a can of dog food cafe. Oh man, I just bought my dog some canned food because I had his teeth pulled, and I was like, "There's no way I would eat this crap." All right, Nate, let me ask you this: This is a true cold pizza test. I'm gonna see if you can pass it. <laughs> you order pizza I'm the ready. night. You order pizza the night before. Do you leave it on the coffee table and just eat it how it sits the next morning? I called your roommate who did that. Well, I, I, no, I did man. that in college. Okay. No, man, that's got dairy on it and stuff like that. That's fucking a mutate, man. You should. You got to throw it in the refrigerator the next morning. Eat you a piece. Better that way. I ain't going to eat some room temperature pizza that's sitting out all night. Mm. All right, man. All right. Well, my college I college was, roommate would do that. Well, I, I, I definitely say I've done that in college, but as an adult on my own. That's a hard that no. That has never done that. <laughs> I am warming that thing up. Okay, of all, of all things. Because you know in college you're kind of desperate like, eh, I don't have time, so my roommates may eat this. Yeah, I'm going to eat it before <laughs> I, I go. I bought this pizza. We got Ed O next. Maybe it's oh, Ed O'Bannon from oh, Lebanon. What's no, going on, Ed? Oh, Gerard. Oh, Ed O. <laughs> What'd you say, Ed? He, he just freaked hey, out. Hey, Orgeron, what did what, you think about Joe Burrow's performance? He canceled what'd himself. You, oh, that was Ed O. That was Ed O. All right, we got time. Let's grab like one or two more. Brad in Springfield, what's your take on cold food? Cold food, meatloaf. You take it out of the refrigerator. You put some mayonnaise on a slice of bread. You put another piece of bread on it, and you have your meatloaf cold sandwich. Ooh, oh, okay. Okay. That sounds good, except... Put it in the microwave. It will be awesome. Oh, no. The cheese will melt the, onto the meatloaf and the bread. Oh, that sounds like that would be pretty good heated up. Dallas says in his own Twitter chat, all reheated foods taste horrible besides pizza. <laughs> Thank you for dropping the mic. We'll be, and we'll be back with Coach Mac. No way. Yes, way. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. I had somebody tweet me this week and say, what's that song you guys always play before Coach Mack comes on? I said, it's Return of the Mack by Mark Morrison. It's one of the greatest songs ever written for our coach, Coach Mack, who joins us now. Coach, you ever get tired of hearing this as your intro music? Hey, guys. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't pick it, but I like it a lot. (laughs) I appreciate everybody playing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have to ask it about the food. I know you are. We're solving the world's problems today on the show, as always. And we got into this discussion. And I said, for my whole life, (laughs) like if I came in from ball practice and my mom was like, hey, I made dinner like two hours ago. I'd be like, okay, I'll just eat it Meat like loaf. it sits. Meatloaf. Meat anything. I never heated anything up. I just ate it the way it sat. But it could have been in the refrigerator. Even if it was in the refrigerator, Coach, I just put it on my plate and ate it. Are, are you okay with that, or do you think I'm a sociopath? Because we seem to be kind of split here. need to heat it up here. in the microwave. Yes. Well, Mickey, I, I, you, know, you know I have great respect for you. <laughs> I, I really hate to say this, but you're lazy as hell. <laughs> is that what that I, is? I don't, I'm fine with it cold, though. I like it that way. It's not a laziness well, thing. My mom would say, let me heat this, and I would say, no, it's fine. I like it the way it is. Oh, wow. Well, you just you convinced yourself on that. So, I mean, <laughs> look, you're, st- you're, you're still alive, so it worked very well for you. Yeah, it's done really we did, well for you. We did have somebody on Twitter just saying, on Twitter said, Never microwave meat. <laughs> I may put that on a T-shirt. Give him credit. Oh, we got to get one like that. All right, that. Coach Mac joins us. Uh, brought to oh, you by man. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've got you covered. Coach Mac, Tom Brady had a whole lot of stuff covered for the last 22 years. 
just your thoughts as he officially makes it official today and leaves after such an unbelievable career. Pretty amazing, really. I mean, you know, 22 years as a professional athlete, first of all, regardless of the sport you're in, is an unbelievable accomplishment. And then put on top of it all the championships that he won and then leaving an organization he had been with for 20 years and multiple championships and then going to another organization and being able to bring everybody together and win another world championship. I mean, look, you, you've got it. You, here's the first thing that I respect, you know, having been in this business for, you know, over 30 plus years is the commitment that it takes in your life to do that because off season work is, and that's, that's the grind of it. The people don't really understand, you know, they, it's not all about the games. It's about the grind when you're not playing the games and, and to be able to be committed to that high a level of performance and excellence and to, to just focus yourself on that. And with doing that, you are going to exclude a lot of other things in your life, you know, or put them on the back burner because that to me is, is the amazing, amazing accomplishment because, you know, there are, there are great athletes, you know, throughout all professional sports. And the one thing that separates most of them, I would say, I've been fortunate enough to be involved with eight hall of famers in my career. And the thing that separated them from really, even really good players is the total commitment to their craft. And so for a total commitment to his craft, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented. What was it like? Because you've told us, we've asked you about different players. How'd you coach against this guy? And how'd you coach against that guy? How did you coach against the teams that he played for taking what he could do into account? Well, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was definitely not only a, you know, a physical challenge for your players. It was a mental challenge for the players and the coaches. And, you know, I, as I say, I, I coached in the league for 31 years. So I was on defensive staffs and a head coach against, you know, from, from, Montana, you know, to Marino, you know, to Kelly, to Favre, uh, to this guy, to Peyton Manning. I mean, those guys put a different type of stress on you as a as a coach preparing your team, and then it put a stress on your players that were on defense, both mentally and physically, because they were not only gifted physically, but their mental approach to the game really, really sometimes puts you in such conflict that it was a challenge every every play. This, this guy was was the same. I mean, you know, Tom Brady was the same. I mean, I mean, Brady was the same as all of those guys I've just mentioned. You've got guys that probably had uh, more physical arm talent, and you know that is a challenge within itself. But just you know, the the mental chess game that you had to play as a defensive signal caller you know, against him, against, you know, Peyton Manning, against those guys that were, you know, for for different reasons were really a challenge. But this guy, as I said earlier, just for the amount of years that he did it in, I mean, it was a constant challenge. I mean, Blaine can speak to this. As a defensive player, when you've got a quarterback that can play those mind games and also physically be able to manipulate your defense and manipulate where his people are, that's a problem. Coach Mack, never a problem when he joins us on Tuesdays. Always great stuff. He joins us now courtesy of Farm Bureau Health Plans. Well, Coach Mack, I want to ask you about the AFC uh, championship game and what was your overall view watching uh, the Bengals uh, beat Kansas City uh, in the AFC championship game. Well, I'm glad you asked that, Blaine, because as you know, you guys know, I mean, you guys 
I tell you how I watch games. I mean, I you know I chart games when I watch them, and to me, it was uh, it was really a tale of two halves. And what I really give Cincinnati a lot of credit for is is starting you know right right you know that that those those plays on the goal line right before the half, mm-hmm. the last eight the last eight possessions that Kansas City had there was that debacle before the half right, mm-hmm. and then there's four punts, a field goal, and an interception. All right. And so what they did defensively, you could see it. They started doing it. I mean, down on the goal line before the half, they played what we call, you know, red two with a spider drop, which means, you know, they they basically had a guy standing in the middle from the defensive front. And then when they got into the second half lane, they played so much three man rush, four man look. Three man rush with that with with a spider spy in the middle right. that that uh, Kansas City got so impatient. You know when you saw when you saw in that in that ball game in the second half when you were watching it on television, you could you could see Mahomes holding it, moving around, trying to find somebody. They had eight in coverage. They were patient enough defensively w- with the Bengals to play eight in coverage, and 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 Mahomes was not patient enough to try to beat it. And so that to me was, I mean, and and Cincinnati did a great job, but offensively, I mean, really Kansas City was inept in that second half. Mm. They really were. Mm. When you, how do you look at it as a coach? Let's take yourself back when you were coaching, which was wasn't very long ago. And when the team that beat you in the wild card round then continues on and makes it to the Super Bowl, how do you view that team? Are you happy that they beat you or, or I mean now looking back and say, well, at least that's the team that beat us and they went on and went to the Super Bowl? Or do you look at it and you're just still not going to be happy and you want them to lose? I know that's kind of a broad view, but I just wonder how coaches look at it. Because fans yeah, look I at mean, it, they I, don't want them to win. They don't care. Yeah, no, I really I really don't. I mean, I, I don't get involved in it emotionally like that what i do is look at it technically and see and and you could really see i mean that last interception play that that mahomes threw right was right at the same part of the field that tanny hill threw the last one you know in our game oh. it was it was the, it was a third deep third to the left he threw it into coverage and so to me i mean i give credit to football teams that are able to 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 make things work for them and you've got to give cincinnati credit i mean they came into nashville and beat a very good Titans team. They went to Kansas City and beat a very good Kansas City team. So, you know, whatever accolades they are getting right now, no matter how structurally they did it, they did it. And so what they did is they stepped up in the moments that were presented to them. And so, you know, I really don't get emotionally involved as far as saying, oh, I hope they lose, I hope they win, you know, because that's, that, that's, not, that's not, you know, what, what mm-hmm. I've ever done. I just really kind of look at – to see schematically how it breaks down. And it's pretty interesting, as I just said, to watch those last eight possessions for Kansas City. You know, everybody talks about, you know, they're the new jet set offense. They were really inept in that second half. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, the quarterback, Mahomes, as I call them, look really rattled there in the second half. Yeah, that's so, a great you know. way to put it. I mean, I, I mean, he did, and he got impatient. And, and you know, the, the Bengals basically won – the patience battle is what they did. And they kind of lured him into that impulsive trap that he gets into every now and then. And it ended up costing Kansas City the game. 
Mm. Well, let's move to the NFC game, which, you know, the 49ers lost to the Rams. Kind of take us through it. Right. You know the Rams very well because a lot of those guys, you uh, were on the staff and drafted them. Uh, so sure. I, I kind of take us through there and see them have some success with, with some of the players that were there. was it was kind of interesting. And then how it ended there for Garoppolo and maybe how his career maybe is mirroring Tannehill's to a certain extent. Uh, kind of take us through that kind of comparison, too. Well, I mean, I, you know, first of all, when you when you look at the first thing breaking that game down, here's where the Rams really did a good job, Blaine. They played the run extremely well. Mm-hmm. They played the run. You know, that that run game for San Francisco is a very is a very uh, intricate run game, and they shocked and shed, and and they they played the run game extremely well. Uh, you know, San Francisco could not get their run going at all, and I'm not even talking about Aaron Donald. I'm talking about everybody across there. Their fits. Their lockouts, their sheds. You go back and just watch those runs, play by play by play. It's 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 a it's really nice to watch. You can tell that they really worked on those fits and those types of things, and the and the fundamentals of up front being able to lock out and shed. They they completely defeated what was going on up there with, with San Francisco. The other thing, let's flip it to the other side. I think you know uh, D'Amico Ryan's calling defenses got a little bit jumpy, and when he did, you know, that big that big third down, you know, that, that Cooper Cup caught was a huge third down that went for 20-plus yards. You, look, Matthew Stafford is as good as there is against pressure, is as good as there is against the blitz because he's got the arm, he's got the location, and you're defining where his throw is. And to me, they you know they never did anything specific to take away Cooper Cup, and then when they got and then when they got jumpy and started bringing five and six, uh, Stafford wore them out. You know he wore them out. So I would say those two things jumped out at me. You know really big time. And then at the end, at the end, now when they're struggling, you know that last play was 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 it was really a panic play by Garoppolo on that one. But the thing to watch is watch Aaron Donald in those last series with the chop club that he uses and then just that last one where he just, I mean, it was a forklift move yeah. to get, you know, to really put Garoppolo in a panic situation where he just flipped where he just flipped it up. And so those were the things that stood out to me. But the biggest thing was going into it and where San Francisco had beaten the Rams in all those previous games, they were able to run the ball on them. They were not able to run it an inch. No doubt about it. We're on with Coach Mack giving us the business now onto the Super Bowl there, Mickey. Coach, uh, big honor this week for a couple guys, Roger Saffold and Big Jeff, added to the Pro Bowl roster. Here's the most surprising thing to me all week of everything in the world that's happened. Roger Saffold never made a Pro Bowl before now? I can't believe that. You know, and, and again, it's not – I mean, Blaine's sitting right there, and he can tell you a lot of times, and especially as it's evolved, you know, the Pro Bowl has, has taken on some different distinctions. But the thing about offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl, I've experienced this through my 31 years of coaching and still now, you know, it, it, I'm still involved in it, looking at it. A lot of people don't understand and don't study offensive linemen enough. And once one guy starts getting in, he normally is going to stay in for a while just because. They'll say, oh, well, you know, that guy – you know, that guy is probably the best one because he's been in before. Roger Saffold has played, you know, really good football, you know, his entire career. And so I don't think the fact that he's never been in a Pro Bowl defines what he is as a player because clearly uh, uh, for his career, the thing that, that defines a player is, is is what other people in the league think about him. 
and what people that really know think about a player. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm glad Roger gets to go. I really am. Now, Big Jeff, you know, come on, guys. I mean that's and that that's a plus. You know the Titans are coaching it. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun for those guys. But I'm happy. I'm happy for all three of our guys that are there. What? And I know this this might be a, a, a something where you I don't know how you would answer it or not. But I'm just curious. What are the similarities and the differences between Aaron Donald, who's the gold standard at that position, and a young guy like Big Jeff who is trying to get there? Well, I mean Aaron Donald is a, is a, is a, is a, an anomaly. First of all, I mean, when we drafted Aaron Donald with 13th in the, in the draft, people were and, – and, and if you go back and just read and, and the comments made during the draft, people thought he was too short. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was the thing. You know, Jeffrey Simmons, Big Jeff is Big Jeff. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, when you look at – you know, you take the ACL out of it, he he'd have been a really, really high draft pick, okay, the, just because of, of what – just size-wise. Now, Aaron Donald guys, having been with Aaron Donald – of you know physically mentally in in meeting rooms from day one this guy has got a temperament and has got i mean first of all his work ethic is second to none all right second to none and then plus i mean his his hand usage his quickness and then look this guy has got amazing strength i mean it's it's otherworldly strength I can remember first on I was just talking to Mike waffle who was his defensive line coach who drafted him you know, who's retired now but was one of the best defensive line coaches in the league along with Jim Washburn. You know, we were laughing about one of the first times Aaron Donald, when we drafted him, you know, we had a first, we had our first nine-on-seven drill in training camp, which was, you know, always gets a little bit live. And one of the interior offensive linemen made a bad mistake of trying to cut him from the backside. The next thing we knew, Aaron Donald had him by the face mask, was dragging him around the field, Nobody could pull him off. Then he yanked the face mask off his helmet. I mean, you had screws flying, and he's standing there, and they threw the face mask at him. And we went, whoa. <laughs> well, that's the kind of dude he is. Yeah, you would go, I ain't messing with him. Uh, zero messing with him, uh, Coach <laughs> zero, zero messing with him, but his, his work ethic is second to none, guys. And his off-season preparation is amazing. Just like Coach Max, who joins us every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, you can just go to his Instagram account. I checked it out a couple of times, see his work out there. I was like, whoa, just in a weight room alone. <laughs> well, Coach, naturally the Senior Bowl is going on. Uh, a game that I yeah. played in has kind of evolved and changed a little bit with Jim Nagy uh, running the, the deal. But uh, everybody's always going to be watching the skill guys. But uh, when you kind of go down there, where does your attention and eyeballs go to? I know you're not there now, but when you typically right. go in, and what are you looking for when you're looking at players? You know, different. That's a that's a really good question, Blaine, and, and and it's different because you know I've coached in it about five times. Okay. I was the head coach one year for one team, and Holmgren was the head coach for the other. So I think it's it's the way you go down there. I mean, if you go down there as a coach, as a position coach, you clearly look at your positions. You go down there as a head coach, you're kind of looking at what you think your team might need. Mm-hmm. If you're coaching in it, then you're trying to learn who those guys are in the meeting rooms and 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 all, everything like that. And so, you know, now, you know, when I when I look at it, Mike Keith's down there. He's going to do the game on Sirius XM Radio. Oh, cool. he, 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 oh yeah, he's he's went down there Monday. He's been in all the meetings with 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 Sirius XM. He's going to do the game. He's going to he's going to be the play by play voice with Pat Kerwin and with Jim Miller. And so he's down there. And so he's but all the information that you you get now and it'll it, you know the practices will be televised. 
starting tomorrow and Thursday. So, you know, you really – and when you go down there as an assistant coach, to answer your question, they kind of give you a list of people that they want you to look at that the scouts have put together. Uh, and it's different when you go down there as a coordinator than you look at your guys on that side of the ball. And if you're a head coach – then you're kind of looking at the at the whole spectrum of it. So it's different eyes for, you know, where you are in your career looking at it. And then it's different if you're coaching it. Because then what you want to see is, as I said, kind of how they interact. Because, you know, on the field is something else. But behind the scenes, how they prepare, how are these guys interacting with their teammates, that's the plus of coaching it, which I said I think five or six times I've coached in that thing. Mm. Well, let's let's take us through. Let's just use quarterback because that's the easiest for everybody to understand. When you were coaching, what were some of the traits and things that you were looking for to make the quarterback stand out different from the other quarterbacks? Not just his arm talent. You're looking at all those things, so you can kind of talk about those things too. But what else are you looking for besides those? I had David Carr when he came out. Okay. You know, I had the South team. I had David Carr. The thing that, that, that I really liked about him was the way he interacted with his teammates. You know, and you can you can kind of tell. And even though you're together for just a week, you can, the the guys that guys gravitate to, they kind of come to the top, right? I mean, and you you can see it. I mean, you, you remember the linebacker Will Witherspoon from Georgia? Sure. You know, he played he yeah. played for us. You know, mm-hmm. here then he went to the Rams and played. We brought him to the Rams. He, he was he was a captain. You know, on that on that team defensively. And so those kind of guys, you, you kind of look and see how everybody gravitates to him because everybody's got some sort of physical talent, or they would not be there. And especially with what Nagy has done, he's done a great job of bringing guys in it and really scouring and finding guys you know, from all the different levels of ball to bring in there. But that's the biggest thing I looked at. You talk about a quarterback. I wanted to look at, because physically you can you can discern a lot of things, but how does he handle the team and how does the team, not only the offensive team, Blaine, but how does the team react mm. to him? That to me was important. I'm Coach Mack. Coach, fantastic stuff, and uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. And then I uh, got a Super Bowl coming up we'll get to talk about in a couple of weeks. Thank you, sir. Guys, it's always a pleasure being on with you guys. Mickey, heat up your food. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Coach Mack. Appreciate it, Mack Attack. Giving us the Mack Attack. All right, when we come back, uh, we got a couple more phone calls. We've got topics on the table. Who's the goat of goats? Do you eat your food cold or do you heat it up if you're just joining us? Also, I have a crazy – I shared it earlier uh, when you get into the goat of goat discussion. Unbelievable Wayne Gretzky stat I'll share with you next. Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 105 The Zone. Uh, we've got several topics kind of bubbling out there. Who is the goat of goats? And also, do you just eat your food cold? Because apparently I've angered many of you, uh, although some <laughs> have agreed with me, uh, including Jess saying on Twitter, who said you never microwave meat. Which I'm 1,000% on board with that. Microwaves aren't for meat. Uh, Wayne Gretzky stat for you. We're talking about the goat of goat discussion, and you can pick who you want, but this is just uh, maybe some of you didn't grow up with hockey or whatever. Wayne Gretzky still holds or is tied for 60 NHL records. That was crazy when you said that. He's the all-time leading scorer in the NHL. He has 2,857 points. We're about to go through all 60 of them? No, no. (laughs) Next behind him in scoring is Yarmir Yager, who has 1,921. He has almost 1,000 more points. He has more. Gretzky has more assists alone than anybody else has total points. 
He has more assists. Than, wow. So that's that's just crazy. So we have goat of goat questions. We have other things. We also have will you eat your food cold or do you, Chris? And Nashville has been holding for a minute here on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Chris, am I a sociopath for not nuking my meat? Uh, meatloaf, uh, yes. Meatloaf is only to be eaten hot. The greatest cold food of all time is pizza. You want to know why? Wow. Because they named a sports talk show about it. Oh, I got you. That's a good show. It was a good show. Watch it. I watch it all the time. But I mean, yeah, meatloaf has to be eaten hot. But I do like the pan, the uh, the, uh, the cooking it in the pan idea Ooh. for heating a pizza. I do like that. I actually will try that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Chris. That's a good good call. Somebody suggested take your meatloaf, put it in a pan, and like fry it, and then make a sandwich out of it. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else said we had so many calls because Blaine's like, okay, let's just pick one food because the universe is too big. Just meatloaf, cold. Because you use that as an example, right? I said, what about meatloaf? And so one guy just said, I take it out of the fridge. I put mayonnaise on bread. He makes a, a meatloaf sandwich out of just mayonnaise, cold meatloaf, and bread. Cold meatloaf. Wow. And then other people said, no, no, cook it like a hamburger. Like put it in a skillet. Fill it and back and rewarm it up. And, yes. And, and like reconstitute it as a different food. That's all I'm getting. You know, I learned my wife told me that. And that's why I said put it back in the pan. The pizza, she would do that. I'm like, damn, why didn't you just put it in the microwave? Okay. Nope. And it tastes like it's fresh, like you just got it again. Okay. And so you do that with a burger or anything else that you're warming back up that's a meat. You that's a meat from the meat family. <laughs> from the meat From the family. meat food group of meats. Okay, I'm about to tell y'all something. Lucas is Googling this. Lucas is Googling meat right now. No, I'm sending our podcast <laughs> no. descriptions to our guy, Andrew Malone, who does our podcast. Yes. And sometimes I just look down and I think, what a dumb job. What a dumb and awesome job we have. <laughs> okay, here's my greatest example of, of how I do what I do. We talking about as far as and your, hold on, your, Kirk. As far I, as your meat eating, yes. Hold on, okay. Kirk. I'll I'll get to you. I promise. I'm not going to leave you hanging. This Kirk has been holding the next longest. On Thanksgiving, I eat my lunch. Then at some point later in the day, I get everything out of the refrigerator and I get two slices of bread. I take dressing cold out of the refrigerator, spread it on the bread. Then I take turkey or ham because we we're not big turkey people. Whichever one and both if we have both, and I put that on top of the dressing. Then I take the cranberry the out of the can, and I cut some of that, and I put that on the sandwich, and then I eat that on, like, whatever kind of bread we have. That's good. I, I All people, cold. I Are you okay that. with that? Sure. Oh, that's okay. But tur- turkey can be cold. I mean, but what yeah. about Literally the dressing, though? I don't eat the dressing. I just spoon it on yeah, there and slather it on no. cold. Well, I use the dressing do, as a condiment, almost. Yeah. If you're going to do a sandwich like the dressing or any meat or anything, then it, it has to be either all hot or all cold. Oh, cold right. right. It can't like, be like the McDLT. You don't remember that, Lucas. Uh, no. It's the hot and cold sandwich from McDonald's. All right, Kirk, <laughs> in Nashville, finish <laughs> up this discussion. Hey, Kirk, how you doing? How you doing, Blaine? I have a question for you, sir. I yes. took a long time to get on here to you. Thank um, you. Blaine, please explain, answer these two questions. For all the Titans fans out there, which is more concerning in the, going into the offseason? Blowing a twenty-one to three lead at home because your quarterback self-destructed in the second half, or having the number one defense and allowing a game-saving drive in thirteen seconds with all the momentum, and then allowing an overtime touchdown to win the game. And next question, please allow me answer this. <laughs> please explain about how great of a defensive play those two tipped interceptions was on Ryan Tannehill, and if the ball had to fall perfectly. And it, 10 more times, the ball would not fall directly into Parsons' hands like they did. 
and explain how great of a play that was for the Cincinnati defense, as opposed to Ryan Daniel just throwing interceptions in somebody's throw basket. Well, that, that was a lot there in a nutshell. I, you know, all of the above as far as the first question entirely with everything that was going on. But I, I'll be real quick. The cornerback, uh, Eli Apple, did not respect NWI going deep. So he let him break his cushion, and he had no thought that he was going to run past him. He set on the route, and then he got a made to play on the ball. And the, the tip was, it is where it went. I, You know, it's no rhyme or reason why it went that direction. They, they made a play, and then, uh, you know, they got a... Interception by the uh, linebacker there, who's got, I think he led the team in interceptions, by the way. So, yeah, but that's the way it goes. There you go. He'd been mm. waiting to ask you that, he said, for yeah. a long time. But what was the last question on the food, though? That's more interesting. There was no last question? No. No. It was all football. No. We'll just remind you, don't heat your meat. Mm-hmm. Just put it in the skillet. Recook it like you're starting from scratch. And nope. then, in the meantime, in between time, <laughs> with your meantime, yeah, <laughs> always have it. Peace. Peace. <laughs>